I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and what's next. It's a show that asks questions and peels back the layers of our average everyday experience and goes beyond scratching the surface. We interview people doing incredible things who are making a difference around the globe. Join me as we listen in and get one step closer to understanding that big ideas shared create collaboration. Collaboration can inspire community, and communities create social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next interview is with Hao Wu, and we talk about his new film. And uh, I'm going to say it, it's a brilliant, it's, it's breathtaking, it's emotional, it's human. Uh, his his new film seventy six days and I had a great time chatting with Hao about uh, about the, the complexities of the actual filmmaking process how he had to kind of co direct it and 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 create it from uh, from a, a long way away and uh, there were several uh, people involved and you know with any uh, uh, film uh, project there's always uh, more going on than meets the eye and seventy six days is a film that you're going to need to see it's going to be out very soon in digital theaters in North America and uh, coming soon, hopefully to an international theater uh, near you as well. This is, um, this is a film about similarity through difference. And, you know, it's, it's really, in my mind, a film like any great documentary, it's layered and it peels back so many layers. And, and as Howe said, he's, he's, he just had a really simple sort of approach. He wanted to tell a very personal, uh, and I'm going to add poetic story about what's going on and what was going on in Wuhan. And they, uh, we, we, we get to see footage from four different hospitals. We get to see some very eerie footage, actually, of a, of a locked down city of, of, I think he said, 11, nine, nine, 9 or 11 million people. This is, this is just the scale of this issue, as we all now know, uh, was and is still uh, global and it's mind-boggling on a lot of levels but what's so beautiful about about this film is the the personal edge the this is about community it's about uh, make it makes contact with reality in, in in very human and tangible and thoughtful ways and if you aren't moved to tears at some of the scenes i'll be i'll, I'll be amazed and it's it's one of the the most uh, breathtaking and beautiful endings to a film i've seen in a long time and there's a few a few favorites of mine that the uh, films that have these these great endings and and uh, last night by don mckeller uh, is one for sure uh, that comes to mind a narrative film uh, back in 1999 and 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 76 days definitely uh, is on that list as well it's a powerful powerful film uh, and as uh, how we'll say he he really wanted people's stories 
to 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 speak for themselves. And so I hope you're in. I hope you're going to uh, listen to the interview. It's it's fascinating. How's wonderful guy? Uh, lots to talk about. And again, it's one of those conversations that I. I just didn't want it to end. And uh, that's uh, one of the beautiful and also uh, upsetting things about about doing face-to-face and and doing this kind of work. You get to meet folks and sometimes only for about 30 or 45 minutes, but isn't that still a wonderful thing? So thanks, Hal, for joining us on Face-to-Face. If if you are enjoying what I'm doing here, uh, make sure you probably made it here, by the way, through iTunes or Spotify or something like that. Check us out on facetofacelive.ca for more interviews. Sign up for the newsletter. You're going to want to um, check out what we've got there. Well over 535 interviews, lots coming up. Uh, Looking forward to an amazing 2021 as well. And if you like what we're doing, please leave a review for us on on iTunes or Spotify. And the more the more uh, we we're recognized, uh, the better. And it's amazing what a little social media will do. Uh, Share it with your friends. Sign up for the newsletter. Like I said, like us on YouTube. We're trying to get to a thousand followers on YouTube. YouTube and I, it's something I haven't really pushed in the past, but but, but follow us there. Uh, we're well over a couple hundred thousand views, but we just don't have the membership we need to really get recognized, which would be a huge thing for us here at Face to Face. So please do that. And if you want to advertise with us, reach out. We can we can help you with that as well. And don't forget, for all you readers who like actual books, a copy of Real Changes Incremental is available at David Peck Live dot com where you can also learn a little bit more about my writing and speaking but last note before we uh, step into this conversation with with how historical film and uh, historical conversation in my opinion um yeah don't forget to, to 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 like us in a digital way itunes or spotify and we would appreciate it there is a contest coming up in the near future for that and so stay tuned but coming up right now is my uh conversation with how Wu about his new film seven Six days. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We are joined by a very special guest here with us today. Uh, I'm not 100% sure where he's calling in from, but I think it's Eastern Standard Time. We have Hao Wu here uh, to talk about his brilliant and timely and important new film, 76 Days. Hao, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, David. Uh, I'm calling from New York City. You're calling from New York City. I could. I, I thought that was the bridge in the background, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. No, yeah. that's actually San Francisco. You must. Zoom oh, there you go, San Francisco. Sorry about that, uh, you West Coasters. Yeah, that's uh, my deep apologies uh, to. And what's so funny is how no one can see what we're referring to. So it's it's perfect, isn't that the beauty of a podcast? How uh, you were at the Toronto International Film Festival. Uh, you've had a a digital tour of sorts. Uh, I would imagine all kinds of interviews and Q and As. Tell us a little bit uh, about 76 Days, and I would imagine most people already have a bit of an understanding about the film. And, and can I say congratulations as well? It's, it is a beautiful and moving uh, film, a, moving, a real moving document, a testament to the fact that we are all in this together. Yeah, thank you, David, for your kind words. Uh, 76 Days is an observational documentary that really showcases what happened on the front line in Wuhan in four different hospitals during the 76 days of lockdown. Um, back in the, the lockdown starting on, in late January and officially ended um, in early April. So it, it, the film provided a, a unvarnished view of the, some of the um, early horror, despair and panic, and as well as 
in, you know, later on when the situation started uh, stabilized and uh, how a group of medical workers and patients help each other to survive the lockdown and the, uh, the pandemic. How did, how did you get drawn into this? I mean, this is a film that you directed essentially from what, 10,000 kilometers away. And, and I remember a film a few years ago that I was fortunate enough to interview on uh, Silvered Water. I don't know if you've seen that, but a film about Syria and uh, Osama Mohammed was directing it from Paris. Uh, he was directing a woman on the ground and cell phone footage and archival footage. And they put together this really stunning piece. Can you, can you talk a little bit about how you got pulled in and, and, and how that played out, even, even from a, a communicative perspective, you know, the emails, the phone calls, it must have been difficult to manage. Yeah, thanks for this great question. So first of all, I'm not the only director. I'm yes. one of the three co-directors. Um, so uh, I remote directed um, in New York City. I also edited the whole film. I have two other collaborators uh, who were filming separately. Um, they didn't know each other and uh, separately in at different ho hospitals in Wuhan. So I reached out to them and asked for them to collaborate. And in the end, the three of us decided to work together and make a feature-length documentary. So normally I'm, in my past films, I always focus on more character-driven stories. I usually shy away from newsy topics because personally as a filmmaker, I'm always worried um, always worried that uh, what else can I bring in terms of storytelling to a topic that's been well covered in the news media. But with COVID-19, uh, it's pretty personal. Um, my partner and I were planning to take our kids, two kids, to fly from New York to Shanghai to spend Chinese New Year with my family um, in, in, in Shanghai. Our flight was supposed to start, um, depart on January 23rd. So 24 hours before our departure time, we learned about this lockdown in Wuhan. And then we were kind of freaking out. We didn't know what was happening in China, uh, what the lockdown meant, because it was uh, such a drastic draconian measure to lock down an entire city of 11 million people in Wuhan. And pretty soon after the government actually shut down, locked down the entire province of Hubei province. Uh, that's over 20 million people. So, but then after much agonizing, I decided to fly back myself. I canceled tickets for the rest of my family. And I spent Chinese New Year with my parents and my sister's family locked in our apartments uh, in, in Shanghai. And just like being really confused and scared. And also like, it was also very eerie experience watching an entire city of 21 million people just shut down like that during China's normally very busy family holiday. And so that, and, and then when I was reading uh, on social media, just every day because we we're locked in inside of the apartment. So all we could do was watching, watching TV and scrolling social media and just reading about the news in, in, in Wuhan, knowing, knowing how horrible it was on the front line. And just like people were asking each other, how could the government have, you know, um, not told us anything about this. How could the situation have become so horrible? So I think the entire country was angry. So as soon as I came back to the US and the US network approached me, asked me if I would be interested in making a film about COVID-19. Um, it was called coronavirus back then. It wasn't officially a global pandemic. I jumped, I jumped in because I feel like um, that it has affected me personally. And even though later on the US network dropped the project, I still continue because as the filming went, went, went ahead, 
um, the story became even more personal as my grandpa was diagnosed with late stage liver cancer a week after Chinese New Year, and uh, he passed away in March. Mm. And I couldn't go, even go back that. to, uh, thank you. I couldn't even go back to China at that time because the, the severe restri restriction uh, in, in, in inbound travel uh, by China at that time. You know, how you, it's interesting. I work in international development and, and I've been asked the question before, you know, how do you get people interested in another part of the world? You know, you can you, obviously storytelling, narrative, creating empathy, showing films like yours, 76 Days. I think it's, I, th I really do think that the, the genius of the common thread of humanity really comes through in this film and so many ways the the surgical gloves with the get well soon on them i mean talk about just saying isn't this what we all are hope hoping for and 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 and, and looking towards no matter who we are no matter you know what country what city uh, we we come from so i wonder would you have made this film if you hadn't have gone and actually kind of experienced some of that emotional and sort of existential upheaval firsthand Absolutely, I think I mean, even with the same um, amount of footage, different filmmakers would approach the storytelling very differently. They would pick different scenes and different shots. I, I think, um, first of all, to going back to your previous question. So once I decided to make the film, I reached out to the filmmakers on the ground who had been filming in Wuhan. I talked to over a dozen, I saw their rushes before I found my two collaborators and decided to collaborate with them. So at that time, I, they will upload the footage onto the cloud. I would download them in New York uh, and then I'll review the rushes and have some conversation with them about where to take the character, where to take the story. Um, but they were making most of the decisions on the ground because the right. things were extremely chaotic in the beginning and whatever we decide, de de decided or discussed might, you know, might be different a day or two later on. Um, in, meanwhile, I was also reaching out to uh, filmmakers in other countries as well, uh, because in the beginning I wasn't sure where to take the where to take the story, take the film. And once the pandemic hit New York, I started filming in New York City myself. Um, for a while, I, I struggled with how big the story that uh, uh, a story that the film would cover. But I think, as you were mentioning, I think what drew me keep on going back like what resonated with me the most was, I guess the, the China's, uh, China stories, the footage coming out of Wuhan for two reasons. One is because I have a lot of personal connection, right? To China, my family's being affected big time. Um, and secondly, it's because my two uh, co-director, they have shot amazing footage, which is so rare. Even nowadays, I don't believe we've seen such raw and emotional visual evidence to the damage the, uh, uh, pandemic has done to people from anywhere, even like, you know, there's been footage, some visual footage on CNN or on BBC and Sky TV, but not as coherently as a story, like a movie, personal narrative. So I, I think, yeah, because I had a personal experience, that's why gradually as I started editing, I'm gradually reaching the decisions that rather than trying to tell a big global story or to compare Wuhan's response and New York's response, I should just focus on one mm. city's experience, even in, in just more specifically about this group of people in the hospitals as they try to survive this pandemic. Because I truly, after having experienced the trip to China, having to manage the, you know, 
living in New York when New York City was locked down, quote unquote locked down, or sh 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 sheltering in place, I, I see a lot of similarity. Um, so that's why I, I, we decided to really using a more specific group of characters about uh, to tell their stories as well as to tell the more global, more universal stories. Yeah, it's well, it's straight. I, I wonder how did, did you step into this story thinking of the notion of similarity through difference? Was that something that you had in mind? Uh, because for me, it really comes out in the film that, again, this, this sense of commonality of, of, of shared human experience. And now we see how, how COVID has, has spread around the world and, and the damage it's doing and so on and, and how different people are responding to it. But what I love so much about your film, so many things, but what I love is, is that it, it, it gives us a, a bird's eye view, uh, an ag actual narrative relational view into the, the the hot the hottest spot for covid and how uh, not only this country dealt with it but but how these individuals were dealing with it and it's such a beautiful thing yeah thank you uh, i do believe i think that my idea about how you know similar the co the pandemic responses or experience across the globe uh, was uh, really came into uh, being as i was really reading the news, watching the news coming from elsewhere, uh, everywhere. And I think it really helped uh, reach out to many, many filmmakers across the globe to talk to them originally um, with the hope of collaborating with them on the film, but later on just to get, uh, uh, get some first, uh, first hand accounts of what's happening in respective cities uh, in the hot zones all over the world. So after talking to them, I think it helped me become even more confident about my creative approach, which is that even though this film is really about what Wuhan experienced, but I, I do firmly believe that people everywhere will be able to resonate with this story. Did you, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I was expecting a bit more of a political film. And, and I suppose, you know, I suppose every statement a storyteller or an artist or a filmmaker makes is, can be, could be classified as political. But but I'm really not stunned, but surprised by how how personal once again and how human the film is. Not that politics isn't human, but but I'm just wondering if you could give me some thoughts on that. How did was that intentional uh, on your part to stay away from that newsy side of the story? Uh, not I mean later on it became more intentional. But uh, as I said, the the pandemic was evolving really fast. So in terms of my thinking around what story I was telling, what a story I wanted to tell was also evolving really rapidly. So now, nowadays, whatever I tell you is probably like mon Monday morning quarterback as I look back, uh, try to retrace my, 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 uh, the evolution of my creative thinking. But that, you know, as it happened, it was like day to day or just making small adjustment. But um, and to be truthful, in the very beginning, I did want to do a more political piece uh, I really did want to investigate what was happening, uh, that what the government did, or the origins of COVID, uh, of coronavirus, the outbreak. Um, but uh, as I was doing research, two things happened. One is I realized it's really hard to do true investigative reporting uh, in Wuhan at that time because the city was uh, was locked down, and uh, there was really limited uh, freedom of movement. Um, 
uh, outside of, the, you know, anywhere in the city. And uh, of all the investigative journalists I talked to, not only like domestic media, but also international media like Wall Street Journal and New York Times, and very few of them actually none would be willing to go on camera and to, to, to speak directly into the camera, wow. um, be interviewed. So that's one. Secondly, the, the longer I read and, uh, and, and also follow social media debates around the politics, right, the geopolitics of it, I feel like there's really nothing new I could add to, to the conversation. It's been so well documented, uh, some of the early government cover-ups of what's happened in China, and uh, also well documented, like the finger pointing between the Trump administration and China, uh, shifting blames to each other. I'm like, if, if I include any of that in my film, I'm just regurgitating what you know, people, any knowledge people would already have known. Uh, and in parallel, the more I understand the, the footage that my co-director have, have shot in Wuhan, the more I realize the power it's in the individuals, mm. um, individual stories. Great. So I did, yeah, I did try to cut in some news clips, some news commentaries into the film, but anytime I bring something that's not observational, that's not directly on my character into the film, I feel somehow yeah, you can say you make the film quote unquote bigger because it's talking about the political context of of these individual human stories. But at the same time, I was like, I feel it diminishes the power of cinema somehow in this week, in 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 this instance, which is like to sidetrack um, the viewer's intentions to guide it away from these precious human stories and try to guide them to in terms of to think about the. the bigger geopolitical questions. So, so in the end, I made this conscious decision to, to take everything out, just to let people just sit there and watch the actions of the characters and try to draw their own conclusion about you know, their behaviors um, in, 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 the, in those specific circumstances. And lastly, I think it's also an inspiration from all the Wiseman, Frederick Wiseman films I, I, I rewatched as I was editing this film and also some other really variety films. Uh, as I was editing this film, I definitely grew a deeper appreciation of variety film because it has its own special power. We don't have to spoon feed certain viewpoints um, to you, 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 you expect a certain amount out of your viewer. Yeah, and also just to, to, to let them focus on, to, yeah, the, the, the human beings, to remind them COVID is not about statistics. It's not about all about politics. There's another side of the pandemic that sometimes we tend to ignore as we argue uh, in media, either traditional media or social media about COVID-19. Yeah, it's good. You know, it's interesting. I just, you use the word draconian and you don't hear that word too often. It's been a while since I've read Machiavelli's The Prince, you know, uh, but, but, uh, but you use the word draconian. Recently, I read a piece about Australia and how they had, you know, to some degree have been very successful uh, keeping COVID out, and and the word sort of the phrase draconian measures was used. Clearly, not the same here in the West. Uh, clearly, not in the U.S. Maybe a tiny bit more in Canada, but 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 not by much. Um, some of the in images you 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 talk uh, you show in the film 
are, are, are cinematic and astounding and give me goosebumps. The shots of the empty streets, the, 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 the ambulance on the bridge, the, 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 the um, what would you call him? The, uh, the, the folks that were basically cleaning the streets and spraying that one shot, you know? I mean, these are powerful, powerful images. Do you think, I mean, is, is, that, is this just a silly question, but is that where we should have gone in the West? You know, the heck with individual rights, <laughs> you know? How do you actually define freedom at that point? Freedom from the disease and the spread or, you know what I mean? So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, it's it's a question. It's really hard to answer. It's, not it's like very I try, hard. I know. Yeah, I try not. It's not like I don't want to answer that question. Haunted me as I was editing, making this I, film, right? I, I bet. Um, and uh, I think in the end, part yeah, that's also part of the reason I decided not to talk about politics in this film is because I feel like we're still living through this pandemic. For me to say whether the action. Um, adopted in Wuhan was right or wrong, or what percentage right, what percentage wrong? Right, it's too right. early to say, right? First of Agreed. all. And secondly, each country or each society adopted its, uh, its measure because of historical, you know, political and societal and cultural reasons that it, it, it has gone down, taken certain um, measures in terms of responding to, 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 the, to this pandemic. So, I honestly don't know, even after reading all the books about the past pan pandemics, even understanding how much we have learned about pandemics, how much we think we should know by now the right way, quote unquote, the right way to respond to a pandemic. We are still in the crappy situation we're in right now globally, right? So I just feel like it's too easy for me to say they did things right or wrong, but I don't think that's a responsible way at this stage yet. Uh, yeah, I think, well, I think you're right about being too early. I loved how you, I think it was the character, but you know, I'm going to affectionately refer to him as grandpa, uh, maybe bed 29, was it? And I think there's a conversation with his father over the phone and, and we get to hear some of it. And he actually appeals to the fact you're a good party member, you know, just listen to what the doctors have to say. Yeah, you, know? you have to set an I, example for every other patient in the hospital because you're a long time party member, yes. I just thought that was, the, the ironies abound, right? I mean, it just, I thought that was really, uh, really, really interesting. Are you, um, again, maybe, you know, sometimes I, 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 I the questions I ask, I, I think on a certain level, they're really simple. And on other levels, I hope they peel back some layers, but are you, um, are you a different filmmaker now? Will you be stepping into your next project in a different way as a result of not only the way this was co-directed and managed and so on, but you know, you've really focused on that personal human component, um, different from before versus what's coming next? Uh, I think 76 days, in some ways, a continuation of my past work, which is, you know, even though this is a newsy topic, but in the end, the film is really focusing on characters, on their behaviors, right? And so, um, so in that way, I haven't really departed from my creative interest. Um, but in, in some other ways, in, in, in terms of the form, the documentary form, this time is really different. 
with Oi My Family, my Netflix original short, it was a very personal documentary with, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm both be, mostly behind camera, but also I was in front of camera with right. a lot of voiceover. With sure. People's Republic Desire, it, also, it was, it's like a Black Mirror sci-fi film with a lot of gra animation graphics and, and special effects. But with this one, I went really, really pure, tried, you know, definitely no talking, has no music, it's just the raw mm -hmm. power of the footage. So I'm really inspired by this new approach that uh, I learned while doing 76 Days. So moving forward, obviously, I think I would like to make more pure variety films from now on. Um, but, and, you know, for every, every film, I like to try something different. It's really, really about what's best for, for the story and what's best for the footage I have access to. How do you think that this, the, your film, and, and I'm assuming there, there will be others, um, but again, just want to focus on that human and, and uh, community sort of based component. The way you end the film is, is absolutely beautiful. Um, sent shivers up my spine, goosebumps, that, that uh, the, the air raid siren, I believe, and just that, that the, the group of shots you chose, the, how you communicated once again, you know, we really are all in this and everything else. We're in this together. And, and what does that mean for me now for me going forward and how I look at others and how I treat my family and so on. And I just love that about the documentary form. Do you think your film could help to heal some of that that fake news, that the, the mismanagement of news, the, the divisions that, you know, continue to seem to fester all over the world, but particularly, you know, in the US right now, that's for sure. Big question. Uh, and you need to, you're, how you're going to need to teach a university course on this one, I think. <laughs> oh, come on. That's, uh, that's, that's too big. I think I expectation on any filmmaker. <laughs> that's right. I, I think as a, as a filmmaker, as a storyteller myself, my ambition it's actually pretty small. Um, mm. It's the reason I'm, I, I forced my, you know, I told myself I had to finish this film was really personal. I feel like, as I mentioned, this become COVID-19 has become so personal. I was, as I was editing this film, is it was almost like a therapy, right? Yeah, it's um, good. Yeah, huh? yeah. So for myself, because I, you know, I was watching even though I was crying half the time when I was editing this film, but it was also cathartic. So in the end, the ending you mentioned, for me personally, my intention was, it's a, it's a moment for collective grief, mm. collective mourning. Uh, and for me, that was really important because for us to, even to be able to move on, we have to pay respect to the departed. Um, and, and to remind us that you know, the only way we could live through this together is by working together, be kind to each other. But that's my personal hope. I honestly have no idea and then, um, how others will perceive this. And uh, yeah, I mean, if, if this film could, you know, help move a few people and then let them see things a little differently, like you mentioned for yourself, I'm already more than happy in that. Yeah, I think, well, I think that's the, 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 the beauty of any, any kind of art really, isn't it? And I think most of the filmmakers I've interviewed over the years, most of the artists I've met, they don't necessarily make a piece or draw a piece or write a piece for others. 
it really is uh, about themselves, right? It's personal, it's, but ultimately any great work, and I think yours is, goes on, I hope, to, to create empathy of, of one kind or, or, or another. And I, I, man, I think 76 Days has, has done that so beautifully. And I'm so glad you, you took out all those talking heads and all those experts, you know, and just like you said, let the story and, and, and the image speak for itself. My wife, Elizabeth, and I were able to get to China years ago in 2000. And we went to Tianjin. Uh, Beijing's a huge city, as we both know, but here we are going to a smaller city uh, than Beijing. Uh, and I think it was 11 million people or 9 million people <laughs> at the time. And, and to see the impact and the way the country dealt with it and the way, you know, that, that, that there was still a sense of humor in the hospital, you know, uh, it's just such a beautiful thing. You captured it so well and your team, uh, you captured it so well. Do you want to make another movie that you direct from 10,000 kilometers away? I, I've, I've been enjoying this process. I feel like, like for me, I have, interest in many, many different stories, right? So hopefully I'll be able to collaborate with different teams and to be able to produce more films faster. Yeah, that's definitely one of my goals. More films faster. I like it. I like your style. You must have a pretty long to-do list. Listen, we've, I've, I've had such a pleasure chatting with you today. And, and I think this is, this is one of those interviews for me that could go on for a long time. Uh, and I know you've got uh, other, uh, well, maybe not other places to go, but you certainly have other people to see in the near future. Uh, tell us about, um, uh, I'm going to be posting this interview very soon. The, the, the film's being released uh, in a couple of days. Um, That's uh, right. Sort of globally, I believe, isn't it? Or uh, right now, it's only in North America, U.S. North America, Canada. okay. And then, and then you're, you've got plans to take over the world at some point? Not take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do have a um, sales agent, international sales agent, who's um, trying to find buyers for the film. I think, uh, you know, I think Dog Wolf announced, like, um, there have been um, sales in a few countries, like um, UK and you know, some other European country. I can't remember at this point. Yeah, hopefully people will be able to see the film around the one year anniversary of the lockdown, which is oh, that, January 23rd, 2021. That would, that would be amazing. And I, I, I hope so too. How, what a pleasure. Thank, thank you for your time. Uh, we've been talking with Hao Wu about his brilliant and insightful new, new film, 76 Days. What a pleasure, Hao. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks David for the conversation for having me. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.